Welcome to another episode of the Selfishness Project, where we explore the idea of selfishness. Today I am here with... Sebastian. Sebastian. All right, so you told me you were an international relations major. I am. And I want to know whether that has anything to do with selfishness. Nations, do they... Individuals, we sometimes call them uh, selfish or self-interested. Does that same category or term apply to nations, do you think? Oh, yeah. Actually, uh, the entire field of international relations, and to a degree political science in general, is built off of the assumption of rational self-interest, especially uh, the theory that I subscribe to in general um, by this guy named Bruce Bueno de Mesquita, says that leaders take actions based on what they think is going to help secure their power base. Uh, for example, a dictator is going to be motivated to bribe his generals and the guys who keep him in power, so that's the way he stays in power. A democratic leader, the same theory says, will want to put out certain benefits to the public at certain times because that will make them re-elect him. Mm -hmm. So in, in this way, self-interest at least, and you could argue uh, to a large extent selfishness, because in many cases these decisions come at the expense of others, is built into a lot of the uh, literature for IR. Okay, so the, the leaders of certain nations act selfishly. Uh, they want to hold on to their power, and they might engage in, engage in some kind of corruption or bribery mm -hmm. in order to get more votes for themselves. <clears throat> um, so I can see how it seems like individuals, again, are the people to whom we're, or are the objects to which we're applying this label selfishness if it's the leaders. Right. <clears throat> but does it make sense to say a nation as a whole, like America is a selfish nation or Iran is a selfish nation or an unselfish nation? You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's a good question and I hope you don't mind if I get uh, talk about IR and how the theories they're playing again. Because at least the way I subscribe to the liberal theories of international relations say that the concept of national interest is one that doesn't like exist very well in reality because when you get into how a nation is run it's a bunch of different people and different factions which have their own different interests and to say that there's one single like I guess national interest kind of breaks down at that point so it becomes a little hard to say that a country is selfish. You can say that a government is selfish because the people in that government might by, might by and large align uh, to the same goals like uh, a dictator and his cabal of generals and the light, his elites are all going to want to aid their own power and their own wealth. So you can say that a government in this situation might be considered as selfish, but hmm. the nation is a more abstract concept that it's hard to apply that sort of label to, I feel. Okay. Well, an example that came to mind as a case where maybe you would want to apply it is, let's say Japan attacks Pearl Harbor, and now one might think it's in the nation's self-interest. It's good for the people of the nation to attack Japan back by dropping the bomb or, or whatever. Is this the case where it seems like there's something good for the nation as a whole to do, not just for any particular individuals or factions within the nation. You could say that, but in that case, that just means that it's largely a good idea for 
almost everybody in, like almost every faction in that country and in that government. Uh, if you are the United States, you're not going, no matter who you are in the United States pretty much, you're not going to want to be invaded by Japan. But, um, but these same people and these same factions are still making the decisions. It's just that they kind of come to a consensus. So you can say that you can say that there are actions you can take in the national interest, I suppose. But even then, you can't claim the national interest as a cohesive driving force. It's okay. just some. It's just that certain situations happen to have a fairly broad answer for most people, and okay. these are fairly rare. So it seems like maybe the the national interest, in some sense, you could, if you think there is such a thing as a national interest, it you might think it reduces to the individual interests of the citizens that compose right. the nation. There's no interest over and above the interests of the individuals who, who make it up. Right, that's the, yeah. that's the point of view I would take, and that also gets partially into my personal philosophy because I'm a very individualist kind of guy. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's not like the Constitution of the United States is uh, asking people to do certain things in regards to Japan because it's a piece of paper. Uh, and there's no, like... And, there's no, like, say, spirit of the United States that's going to ask for these things, too. It's all the people in the U.S. and the people in government who want certain things, and they want certain things done. Uh-huh. So maybe this also applies to uh, a notion like the public good. We sometimes hear uh, such and such a policy would be for the public good. Maybe that, that doesn't make sense unless it's good for individuals that make up the public. Right. There is no... Um, as you said, it's kind of... You have an individualist kind of perspective. Right, and this will get into a fight with the utilitarians for sure, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I mean, maybe not for sure. I'm sure you can kind of reconcile the utilitarian point of view with this idea that what's good for the group is what's good for the people in it. But yeah, if um, if a decision in the public good is just vastly brutal to most people in it, then you could say that it's not really for the public good. Okay, uh, maybe one more. Uh, question and we'll end on this so it was interesting to me that you said you have an individualist perspective mm -hmm. I'm interested to hear a little more about that and where that comes from okay gosh uh, it could be a huge topic I'm sure right, it's a little hard to pick out a specific answer for that but I'd say that I guess to get on a personal level um, my kind of advancement into adulthood has really and my kind of ability to start pursuing my own desires, despite stuff like Tourette's syndrome, which had been damaging to me in the past, has kind of put me with this sense that allowing people to flourish on their own terms is something that's deeply important. And that you can't really group like a huge amount of people up and say, I guess, what's good for them without excluding a lot of the individual little problems and the individual little struggles people have, or big struggles. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I guess a, a related, but not entirely the same thing, is also generally that I, I as a person don't kind of take the concept of a group that is transcending the individual. Um, like, you can say accurately that a bunch, a group or like a uh, ideal, an ideology group, etc., etc., can do more things than any of the individual members, and it could. But in the end, that group is still composed of people, and it's not like the entirety of their identity is put into that group. Much of it may be, but mm -hmm. 
in the end, the people in that group are going to do things for that group and with that group because of what they believe and what they need. Uh, so, in general, if you clamp down on the individualist too much, my point of view is, if you clamp down on their self-interest too much, even if it is, in a sense, selfish, you damage the group by damaging the people in it. So it sounds like a very anti-Platonic, anti-Hegelian view. From what I know about Plato's philosophy and Hegel's, they're very big on the group has primacy and the individual is just like a cell within this organism, which is the state. And the, the individual's interest right. is to be sacrificed to the state as a whole. Uh, the perspective you hold seems to be the opposite of that. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not a Plato guy. I don't. I don't really believe in an objective source of morality. I. I think that we define morality for ourselves through the way that we're raised, I guess, in society, but also through the decisions we make. Um, and that's always, <laughs> relative morality is always a difficult topic to, of course, cover, but that's where I stand on it. Yeah, it's another big subject we could get into <laughs> if we had more time, but um, I think that's a good place to end All it. All right. So thanks for your time. All right. You're welcome. Thank you.